Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being creative. I'm Chris Scott. My name is Atish. And we're here to talk about business things for yeah. creative people. Yeah, exactly. How are you, Atish? I'm doing really, really well. What did you do this week? Uh, this week, I, I actually took a little bit of a vacation. I went to Mexico. Um, and that was pretty fun. Uh, and my dollar stretched quite a bit over there, so it was pretty nice. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. You can stretch your dollars out. Yeah, stretch my dollars, and I drank a little too much, but I'm I'm doing really well right now. Nice, nice. I actually had this weird kind of experience on my way over here because I just got done at the gym, and I knew pretty much like half hour after or between uh, that period when you end your workout and about half hour after, that's when the optimal time for you to take protein is. So I was driving on my way over here, and I passed a Whole Foods, so I decided to stop there. But a protein shake there was so fucking expensive. Well, yeah. So instead, yeah. So instead, I passed their hot bar, and I realized I could get a pound of chicken wings for like eight sixty nine or something like that. So instead, like a half pound for like four bucks something. So I did that, but then I was just sitting in my truck in the Whole Foods parking lot, just like eating chicken wings like really quickly, and people thought I was odd. That doesn't sound odd to me at all. I mean, who doesn't eat chicken wings by themselves in yeah. parking lots? Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. What have you been up to this week? Oh, uh, well, this week I I don't remember what I did. What did I do this week? I had a lot of I had a lot of meetings this week. I uh, talked with a lot of people about just you know I've been going through like a weird uh, like identity crisis. Oh shit! And like uh, like how I present myself. Uh huh. So, like, I have creative stuff, and then I have corporate stuff. Right. And then I do photography, and then I've got AV stuff. So it's like a hodgepodge of all these crazy things. Yeah. And I don't really know what to put forward or how to present yourself. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, So uh, earlier this year, I came up with a plan of separating my corporate work and my creative work. Right. So I have a film production company called Elephant Scout, mm-hmm. and that's where I put all my creative film stuff. And then I launched a new website called... Uh, cscottcreate.com mm-hmm. and that's like more portfolio corporate work stuff. Sure. So if you wanted to hire me to produce a video for your company, that's the site I would send you to. But then I want to kind of build up this film part of it, the creative stuff, and try to make that more incoming. <laughs> more income building. Yeah. Grossing. I don't. I just made up a weird word. Totally. I, I think I can relate to that because I sort of have... Um, a similar issue, but kind of more with just my professional experience in a lot of different ways. Like I have a lot of stuff with background in STEM and in neuroscience and let's, you know, got my degree in that. And like, I've worked in research labs and all that sort of thing, but now I kind of want to focus more on business, but I don't, I've only done a certain amount of stuff that would be called like managerial supervisory, um, analytical, that sort of thing. And then I've also done stuff in the fitness realm and then like service industry bartending bullshit like i'm really trying to figure out how to channel all my stuff into one direction as opposed to being like all out there in a lot of different ways right yeah it's hard so yeah so i don't know that's where i've been in like a weird funk yeah i guess you could say a funk the funk of forty thousand years but i got the one website out and then i'm gonna start working on the creative website pretty soon Mm -hmm. and then i also this week i did some editing on the the mummy movie Cool. So I'm almost done with the audio, so I just got to get one more line of ADR, and then I can hit the render button, and then 12 hours later, I'll have a movie, hopefully. A- ADR? Uh, I don't know what that stands for. Okay, never mind. It's some 
What does ADR stand for? Automatic dialogue replacement? Automated dialogue replacement? Something like that. After advanced dialogue replacement? Something weird like that. <laughs> but it's when you uh, re-record a line of dialogue in a movie mm -hmm. uh, on like a sound stage. And you have to try and match your fluctuation and voice, all that stuff, to what's happening on the screen. Oh, okay. Because it was recorded poorly on set. Oh, yeah. Or like just a whole lot of atmospheric noises or something. Right. Like and this has a lot of car traffic in it. Oh, yeah. And it's a kind of a key line. It's kind of an important line. It's worth recording. So you have to get the actor back in and like have them right. say it, but in the same way that their face is saying it on screen. Right. That sounds hard. Uh, it's, it's part of the job. Oh, okay. Uh, it is hard if... Uh, well, it's probably this one's probably going to be easy because you can't really see his mouth. It's a nighttime scene, so hopefully. Oh, cool! It'll, hopefully, they'll just take like two minutes. Yeah, yeah. And I don't have to hang out with the actor too long. Oh, okay. And then we'll plop it in and hit render. Very cool. Which is exciting, and then it'll be thrown up onto the internet's to to sell it or not. And then we start selling. Yeah. But uh, I wanted to ask you this about. So I've got this movie, right? Yeah. This mummy rom com. Yeah. And I was talking to one of the actors in it yesterday. Okay. And he brought up something interesting, which I thought was, you know, a good valid point of, uh, like, price point. How much to sell it for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, you know, 80-minute long movie with no big stars in it. Right. And I did some math, and if I'd sold 2,000 copies at nine eighty nine, it would break even. Okay. But then he was like, I buy every movie on Voodoo for $2. Because it's only two bucks, and I just buy it. Right. So I don't know. That kind of put like a thought in my head. Do I need to lower the price point for people to take more of a chance on it? Well, I think, and I don't know what Voodoo is. Oh, it's so. another platform like Amazon or iTunes. Okay. <clears throat> well, isn't isn't that kind of the trade off? Like that that's kind of the reason why. Um, for instance, Netflix is, what is it, 11 a month or 9 a month or some shit like that, right? Mm -hmm. But the reason why that is is because they don't constantly always have the same um, material on there. And you're basically paying for a subscription to their rotation of what they're putting in and what they're taking out, and it's temporary. Right. Ostensibly. I mean, there's some shit that's been on there forever, but there's, like, the office is going to be taken off and things like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um so that's kind of what you're paying for there, but they have a pretty wide library. I think the thing, and I'm saying this completely shot in the dark because I don't know anything about voodoo or anything like that, but probably the reason why the movies are so cheap, and you you keep a digital copy for two ninety nine. I think so. Really? Yeah. Well, then they must have a really small selection, or there has to be some like compromising reason. Otherwise, they would be the number one thing in the business right now. Also, the source is probably was not probably accurate. The person I was talking to, the actor. Okay. He probably meant to say like four bucks or five bucks. Well, I have no idea, but there has to be a reason. Like if that was the case, I feel like most of the market would have shifted that way. You know what I mean? Right. So maybe they do have like movies for two ninety nine, but maybe they're only dog shit movies that nobody likes. Right. Or this person might like, but I would fucking hate. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. I mean, you can't really define a person by their choice in movies. Sure you can. Sure. Of course you can, but. Yeah, you can't think that that's the only person that's ever buying movies. It's the same person that has the same taste as you. No, I and I mean I get into arguments like that all the time. For instance, I'm not the biggest fan of Tom Hanks, and everyone gives me yes, we know this the most shit about it. But I don't care for a lot of his movies. Well, well 
we won't talk about this today. Yeah, we've it. talked about this many times. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think you need to. I I don't think that. Also, I think that that valuation, like two ninety nine, the reason why people buy those movies on Vudu and that sort of thing, um, that is because those are movies that they have probably already profited on largely. And now they can afford to have distribution at such a low level just because now they're trying to pick off what's left of the market. All right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That might be in what like, you know, what I'll refer to as the afterburner stage, where we've already sold the majority of this movie. Like we've sold it to death. People already own DVDs, Blu-rays, digital copies, whatever. But now, just in case there were any holdouts, just in case not everyone who could potentially be interested in buying this movie but didn't because of price point, now we'll turn the afterburners on and we'll completely get our entire market. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're not at that stage yet. Well, no, it's not even out yet. Right. So we have to do primary sales first where we get the people who will pay $9.99. Like, just because there are more people who will pay, pay $2.99 or whatever doesn't mean that there are not people who will not pay $9.99. It's just like a supply and demand graph. You know what I mean? Right. I don't want to... Like, there are points just because they don't intersect, just because the supply and demand don't intersect at a... And I forget what that's called because I haven't taken econ in a while. But... um, Let's name it. They intersect at the the point of of gross return. Point of gross return? No, it's... Gross uh, gross point chart. Market points on the... Z axis, terrible, just terrible. But the, but the point is, is each point along that line that creates each of those lines are prices that you can sell it at. You don't have to find the, I want to say like total market value or something like that, but that's not what it is. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Like we can sell it at a slightly higher price now and then adjust as we go. This isn't like a finite thing, right? Well, it's just an idea. Yeah, just popped up. During oh. a conversation. I mean, it's worth exploring, but I don't, I don't think it's anything to shit the bed over. Oh, I never, I'd never do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. Never. So, yeah. So, another thing that I did this last week was I found this event that's happening here in town. Yeah. Called 10 West. And it's like some summit entrepreneurial, young entrepreneurial party week where people talk about feelings and get their hopes up about business and stuff yeah absolutely and i I thought that'd be a since i've got my new website up with all my corporate work on it that'd be a great place to go and present myself as a video guy yeah network network right bump elbows with fellow business owners and things is is this event uh specifically like to built towards creative types like yourself or is this like it seems to be it seems to be a little bit for everybody okay um there's like some film events happening there's some music stuff happening so it looks like a pretty cool event and i kind of want to go and i kind of want to meet all these people yeah i mean i'm down um do you have your elevator speech i don't craft i don't have an elevator speech okay so an elevator speech is basically like a 20 to 30 second like presses or abstract, I guess you could call it, uh-huh. of of just kind of like who you are, what you do, and why you're fucking great at it. You know what I mean? And you have to, I, I guess the original uh, name obviously came from like it has to j- just last an elevator ride. But the idea is to create like a lasting impression because people at these kind of events or any 
kind of like networking thing, they get business cards from everyone. Like that's everyone's thing. Everyone's handing out business cards. And by the end of the day, you got a stack about this big. Right. You know what I mean? And so there has to be something like you have to, because ostensibly we can probably assume that you're not going to be the only creative video guy, audio guy out there. You can never assume that. Right. But no one's going to be as tall as me. Yeah, that will probably be true. Probably. Right. Um, but, uh, but I definitely think, like, you know, you have to have something that you're going to go in there, like, and be goal-oriented about it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, we're not just going just to go. If you go with a purpose, then you have, like, a way to actually achieve something. So what are you trying to do here? I don't know. I guess just I don't have a network. I feel like nobody knows what I do. Yeah. Nobody knows I provide these services. I've worked for these people. Yeah. And I feel like all the clients that I do have, it's all been word of mouth. And I kind of need to step out from that small circle. No, most definitely. And just meet more people and more potential clients and just, you know, getting more name recognition. That's kind of my goal. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Well, if you have that in mind, then, I mean, I think it'll be really easy to go in there and your target is just to meet people and let everyone know what you do and why you're great at it. I think having some materials on hand wouldn't be the worst idea in the world materials yeah like uh do, i don't know do you have a, a reel is I that a do thing have a reel yeah yeah it's on the website okay cool should i put it on my apple watch um you have an apple watch no but i can probably get one by next week oh my god um no no no, no. i i just mean like everybody collects business cards and all that kind of stuff but if you can visually show somebody something like yeah okay if the reels on your website if you just have it pulled up on your phone or something like that and you're able to like show that to people i think that'll be a lot more visually arresting than something that you know we're just like oh yeah i do like video work in tucson it's like no you want to show them what kind of video work you do and do how they good you are. make t-shirts with tv screens on them i don't know i've seen like shirts with like uh led like sound level things Mm-hmm. And they react to when people are talking. Those are pretty cool. Oh, yeah. I don't know if there's a video one for that. <laughs> Think we can make a, a video t-shirt by next week? I mean, I can't. Okay. I mean, maybe. I don't know. We'll just get an old TV. Yeah, we'll just get it like a, a, what are they called? a CRT or like a, one of those huge, like heavy, flexed out screens. And Oh, perfect. We've got one. And we'll just maybe make like a shoulder mount. And, and just, just carry it around. Just carry it around. Or we could just pull it up on your phone. Uh, that's probably more logical. Yeah. But no one's going to remember that. No, I mean. People whatever. will remember a TV t-shirt. Yeah, or like I think uh, you have business cards, right? I'm, I need to get new ones for the new website. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. Well, so, I would. yeah, if it's next week, we got to. I'll order them today. Get moving on that. I'll order them today. Yeah, well, I, I think that. Uh, Networking is a really important thing. Like, it sounds just so, uh, like, Silicon Valley, kind of annoying, everyone's got an MBA from somewhere type of term. But I think it is really important. And I think the reason why that is is kind of the landscape of employment has completely changed from, uh, I don't know, the 1990s until now. Oh. Yeah. I think there was a statistic done that, like... 80% 80% or 70% of hires in 2016 were based on 
Uh, and I mean, this is a LinkedIn study, so that, of course, maybe you have to look to see who benef benefits. But um, uh, either 70% or 80% of all hires done in 2016 was based on, like, networking and connections and people from inside a network as opposed to just based on your resume alone or, like, your qualifications. Right. I would say that a lot of my big clients are not from a resume. It's from people I know. Yeah, exactly. So I... Uh, I think I've only gotten a couple jobs based on my resume. I think for the most part, my all my hires and all my work and all that kind of stuff has been through a network con connection. Mm -hmm. So I think that's like, I mean, that'll show you how things have changed because I think back when, uh, I think I was talking about this last time too, so that makes me wonder why this is always at the forefront of my mind. But uh, <clears throat> I think back when, you know, the relative scale, percentage of people going to college was significantly less i think that's when people uh hired based on of course based on resume i think now that everyone has a college degree i think it's vastly more important that you are able to meet the right people and they can put a face to a name and then like actually ascertain what you are able to do and what you're not able to do all right so so this is my problem okay i go do things like this uh -huh. maybe once or twice or i'm at uh wherever and i kind of just show up and not, i just don't say anything i don't know how to instigate a conversation okay i don't know what to say i don't know what to present i don't know so it sounds like you're being weird I'm, i am weird is that, is that the can we, can we and it's that even as worse because i'm always the tallest guy in the room so i can't just like hide in a corner because everybody can see me from no matter what vantage point yeah so i just got to figure out how do i stop being weird uh, okay. Well, so this also cycles back. I mean, the, the idea will cycle back into your elevator pitch and everything like that. But I think it kind of goes to the same, like going to these networking events is kind of like when you're going to a bar or when you're going, you know, when you're going out to meet, uh, men, women, whatever prep dogs, whatever preference you, you may have, um, it's kind of like the thing where you assume that you're being super awkward by going over and approaching, and then so you just don't, right? And, and I think that's really the killer because I think girls also go out to want to be, or like guys, that everybody goes out to go and meet somebody. You okay. know what I mean? That is the goal, but so many people are just waiting around for someone else to say something that nothing ends up happening. Right. Right? So that's kind of the issue. I have actually the exact solution of how to repair your problem, but it comes from a very weird source. What is the source? Have you ever read The Game by Neil Strauss? Oh, my God. <laughs> I have not. Okay. So, um, and and... To anyone listening, if you're if you actually embark on reading this book, it doesn't actually apply to. Again, this is something that maybe would have mattered in the '90s, but doesn't apply now at all because it's just cartoonish and weird now. Great, but uh, I got recommended this book by my uh, freshman English professor in uh, at U of A, and I read it, and it's basically about this really super nerdy guy, Neil Strauss who was a writer for Rolling Stone and a whole bunch of stuff. And even when he would get, like, backstage passes to, you know, see all these different bands and stuff like that, he still couldn't really get a girl to date him or hook up with him or anything like that. And so he basically gets into this network of, like, all these uh, pickup artist guys, and they basically teach him tricks about how to, like, interact with women and how to 
pick up women and all this kind of stuff. And it was a whole bunch of like nonsense bullshit, like negging. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Where you like, I think I remember this. You kind of compliment them, but really you're shitting on them. And that's supposed to, for some reason, raise your mate value. It's nonsense. I mean, I think that worked at a time, but I think everyone's pretty, it's like a constant evolving arms race. And now you're just going to get laughed out of the room if you try any of that nonsense. Right. But there was something that was really valuable in there that I think is timeless that applies to, um, picking up women to business networking to just about anything. And it's what he called the, um, the three second rule, which is where in the application in the book, if you walk into a bar or to a place or wherever it is, you know, and you, you see a person that you're attracted to, you have three seconds to go over there and, uh, and talk to them. Because what you end up doing if you wait longer than that is you're going to psych yourself out. You're going to think, be like, oh, I don't know what to say. I don't know, whatever. And you're going to like just think too much, and then you're not going to do anything. Okay. That makes sense. And so that's kind of the thing with these networking deals also. Like, everyone there feels weird. Everyone's like, oh, like, what? Well, you know, unless you're working at fucking Microsoft or Kaiser Permanente or something like that. Like, you know, uh, everybody feels weird there. Everyone feels, like, awkward and, you know, whatever. If you, you always feel like you're asking for something right like oh i'm employable like look at me like you know whatever or you feel like you're showing off your boasting everyone feels weird there though so don't be afraid of it and it's a powerful psychological tool because that game i don't just use that for you know when i'm trying to pick up women at the bar or whatever i do that every single morning because when i is the first person you talk to is the guy in the mirror mm, that's, no. the, that's the only person you're attracted to oh that's no, 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 no. I'm not that self-centered. I'm pretty self-involved, but not that self-centered. Okay. No, no, no. I mean, when my alarm goes off and it's like I don't necessarily have anything to do for the day or maybe I don't have to get up that early for work or whatever, but it's I know my day will be better if I do. I can go work out. I can eat at breakfast or whatever the fuck, you know, it is. My alarm goes off. I'm not the guy who sets a bunch of different alarms and I snooze or I, I you know, dismiss one, but then another one's going to go off. I have one alarm. And that's the test for the day. And I have to get up when that alarm goes off because otherwise I've failed the very first test of the day. So it's like it's that kind of programming your brain to be able to immediately respond to stimulus and just get after and go do what you need to do or get what you need to get. All right. That's interesting. So the first concept of not being weird when you're uh, networking is like that simple. Just – be active all up in there. and you are there to you are there for a goal. You are there for a reason, which is why it's important to establish what you want to get out of it first before we just like go. And once you've established what you want to get out of it, which for you was uh, you want people to kind of have you more as a household name and people to recognize your body of work and all that kind of stuff. Great. Now we can go talk to people. Now we can just we're just going to go chat with people. OK. Yeah. Um, I also think it's it's a really important thing because. Uh, I forget who said it, but I think I read it in some Malcolm Gladwell book or some shit like that, where it's like you end up becoming the the five closest people to you or something like that. And that's why it's important to kind of keep this great uh, influential network around you because if you are only around people who don't know what they're doing with their life or are slowing down or aren't trying to reach the same goals as you, then that will have like this psychologically like impressive kind of effect on your on your mind and what you do whereas if you know you network with enough of these people get kind of around that kind of vibrant atmosphere i think that's like a really powerful tool both for yourself and for the people around you 
I don't know. All right. So I walk into the room. Yep. And immediately I have to talk to someone. Yep. I'm going to walk up to them and say, hey, I'm Chris. It's a good start. I don't know what to, uh, how to present. Like, I don't know. My, I, I, filmmaker? Video producer? What? Are you, are you questioning it right now? I'm you're totally questioning it right now. I'm trying to think of the right word and phrase to say. Well, I think we're, there's a... Uh, Do I need a, to come up with a joke? Do I need to... No. What, no, no. I mean, hey, no. I think there's I a particular know. benefit to this because I, if I, I kind of briefly parsed all the events at this, uh, at this uh, event or this week-long event. And there's a lot of like, there's like TED Talks and there's presentations and there's all this kind of stuff. You are in the, you know, I mean, you don't want to stay doing what you're doing now, but a good introduction is you already do a lot of the stuff that they're relying on people to do right now, which is, oh, all the AV and like all the the work to make all these presentations possible and all that kind of stuff. You, that's your ground floor. Like that's your basic stuff. What you really want to parse into is your creative work, correct? Or are you looking to book more corporate gigs at this? Well, that's just another thing. It's like it's like two things I'm juggling right now, and I just I just spent all this time defining the two. It's like which one do I really want to put out there first? Right. So, I I I would like it to be the creative stuff, but I feel like something like this I would get work out of it for the corporate jobs. Oh, for sure. So, I don't know. That's like a weird thing I'm trying to figure out. Well, that's I, I think that's the because there's not any specific um, the the what am I trying to say here? The audience, I guess we could say, of this event or the people going was very vague. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, entrepreneurs and people in technology and people in this. Like, it was just really vague. So I think that's why you're going to have to have kind of an elevator pitch for both aspects of your work. Because you're going to meet people who just want to get some corporate work and they want some AV done for this or for that. Or they want uh, professional video work for this project, whatever. You're going to meet those people there. And you want to tailor your uh, kind of networking speech with them towards that side. But then you're also going to meet people who have creative project ideas or something like that and maybe want to collaborate on that. And then you kind of talk about that aspect. It's really just being able to um, pick out who wants to talk about what and if they actually want to you know, correspond with you on that. It's one of the few tools I think that I've gotten out of being a bartender that actually is like beneficial in any other part of life, which is simply that you are able to read the person sitting down if they want to be they just want to have their drinks watch sports center and not give a fuck about anything else you don't you say as little as possible to them you ask them what they want to drink you ask them their preference on spirit yada 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 you make their drink you take their card and you shut up you let them sit there and then there are the other types of people who want to have like a whole fucking experience and yada 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 you have to be able to read that in a guest as soon as they sit down before you've ever spoken to them so read the people that you're networking with, figure out what they're there for and what they want. And it's, it's it has some finesse to it, but it's actually for the most part, like largely really simple. All right. So how, how, how do we come up with this elevator speech? You said elevator speech a couple of times. Yeah. So there's probably not a formula for this. You just going to start talking. Um, well, I think the first part of the, of a great elevator pitch is 
in in the presentation itself uh or or in the manner of the presentation like do you realize and this is again reverting back to some of that bullshit neil strauss the game shit but like if you approach somebody else and if you are there with a purpose and with a goal, you will immediately be more impressive to that person just psychologically because you have the boldness to go over and talk to somebody or just to like, oh, yeah, I'm here to network. I'm here to X, Y, Z, this goal. That will be impressive to other people just because a lot of people don't want to be upfront about their purpose or their goal or maybe they don't know or something like that. If you have that figured out, that's your first step. Um, as for crafting like a particularly good one, I think that it just has to have the very obvious key elements but then also it has to be like it sounds super cheesy and corny but you have to like make that your own you know what I mean like you it has to completely uh match your kind of style as a person because I think people pick up on bullshit really easily right you know what I mean so I mean, there are, like, little simple things to do. Like, obviously, you have to pepper in your name and your company's name as much as you can. But, you know, for the most part, talk about what it is that you're trying to do and how you can be beneficial to someone else's work. Like, especially if you have numbers. Like, if you have any metrics on any of the video work you do for, uh, what's her name? Um, I don't have any numbers. No? I can probably ask for numbers, but... yeah. Like, how much business growth you've given someone because of this uh, because of this video work you've done, or how many watches, how many click-throughs, how many, you know, that sort of thing. Right. I mean, because a lot of these pe- people at this, at this event are probably looking for something similar that you're actually looking for. On your creative side, you're looking for a larger audience, and you're looking for, you know, more buys, more shares, more whatever right right? a lot of companies or a lot of people representing companies there so on the corporate side are looking for the exact same thing if you can demonstrate that you've done that either with your personal work or more importantly with somebody else's work i mean that's golden that's the that's the money ticket right there all right so i'm gonna walk into a room yeah within seconds yeah i'm gonna talk to someone yep and in those seconds i'm gonna present uh Myself, I'm going to have a goal, and I'm going to create craft this elevator speech. And then what? And then we're friends. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, you might. I don't know. I'd be worried about like I'm walking up to someone. I give this spiel. I'm going to walk to somebody two feet away and give the same spiel. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Is that weird? Is that what people do? Okay, so I don't want you to get confused. You're not giving the the same spiel. Oh my gosh. Right? This is exactly what kind of th- this is kind of what I meant by tailoring to your audience, right? I have to deliver the same information all the time. But to somebody who's a little bit younger or seems like, you know, whatever, I'm going to deliver it one way. To somebody who is more professional and everything is very um they're a little more taciturn and straight to the point, I I'm going to deliver the same information but in a different manner. Okay. You know what I mean? So you you don't want to get locked into the same speech all the time. Like you don't want to have it exactly timed out and on note cards and all that kind of bullshit. You just want to be able to understand the main concept and the main ideas you're getting through, and then just have fun with it. Okay. Um, as for you know, then we're friends with this person or whatever. 
I, I think another key component, obviously, exchange uh, contact information. Right. And then what happens the next day is almost as important, if not more so, than what happened that day of. You want to definitely create a memorable, uh, I guess, presentation of yourself and of the body of work that you do. And then the next day or directly after, go reach out and get in contact with these people. Like, email them or do, you know, if these people use LinkedIn or whatever their preferred method of communication is, you'll probably have it on, you know, their business card. Like, let them know, like, hey, it was really great meeting you yesterday. Um, I've had some ideas since then about what we were talking about. You know, you have this project and you you need this kind of work done or something like that. Like, take notes. Mm-hmm. Take notes while you're there, for sure. If somebody, if there's, you know, um, somebody hands you their business card and they have something, like, they actually want you, you to do or they're looking for someone of your sort of skill set or you can just brainstorm off the top of your head some way that your collaboration will be beneficial, write those notes down immediately, right there on that card. The next day you get in contact with them and let them know that you've got ideas. Let them know that, you know, something happens. Rarely do people actually, like, those are the two ends of it. Being the person who's bold enough to go chat with someone instead of, like, sitting down and waiting for someone to chat to you, number one. Number two, being the person who reaches out to someone, even though they've expressed no interest yet, that's huge. That lets everyone know that you are, you know, willing to go the extra mile, so to speak, to use like a corny turn of phrase, to get things done. Mm-hmm. They'll be definitely interested in, you know, like, oh, shit, I met this guy yesterday, and he wants to, like, he, he says uh, he's got ideas, and if we meet for coffee, he's got some ideas for me. I mean, great. All right. That seems doable. Yeah, it's really doable. So would you say those are your basics of networking? Uh I mean those are the the basics of like how I actually go about networking. I mean there's a whole bunch of other stuff that you know I would say goes into it like, you know, the psychological background of it. Like it's kind of what enforces me to kind of make these decisions that gets kind of up its own ass, so to speak. But like there's kind of a a psychological principle of uh, reciprocity. I always stumble over that word, reciprocity. Okay. Which, I mean, simply put, like we have an evolutionary bias towards doing things for people who do stuff for us. And that's essentially, that goes back to when we were cavemen and women. And uh, if someone is willing to expend their energy and their you know, resources to benefit us, then we're going to expend our energy and resources to benefit them. And that's how like early tribalism started. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So essentially that gets into it. And I think uh, that guy, I think we talked about him last week, Gary Vaynerchuk has like a similar sort of, like he doesn't talk about it in the evolutionary kind of background, but he has kind of a similar idea, which he calls like, uh, what does he call that? Jab, 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 right hook or something like that. Jab, jab, punch. Jab, 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 jab uh, right hook. Right hook. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, point being is that you kind of want to pepper these people or kind of want to get with these people about very simple ideas of ways that you can help them such that when the time comes, you can ask them to help you. Right. And now, you know, and that's kind of what networking is. Finding other talented people whose skills and ideas sort of match up with you. And now you can do work for them. They can do work for you. It all kind of becomes this tribal interchange. Okay. I mean that's that's my basics of networking right there. That's that's the the foundation upon which it rests. That's networking in a nutshell. Yeah. All right. So I think we should do the game that we tried to play last week. 
Okay. Uh, what do we call it? Step into your power. Yeah, which was an interesting name. Uh, it's a terrible name. We're going to come up. We're going to just step into our power today, and we're going to craft my networking spiel. Okay. So let's just figure this out right now. Uh, I just walked question. into a room. You're the first person I'm talking to. Yeah. Say hi. My name is Chris Scott. I'm a I'm a film director. Do I want to say film director? Do I want to say video producer? What do I want to say? I think for this specific event, you want to say video producer. I think you're on the right track that this is going to be a little bit more of corporate work than it is going to be uh, creative work. We are going to meet those people who are doing creative work and all that kind of stuff. But I think if we were going to something that was more of like uh, something about the arts or, you know, actors, this, that, whatever, models, like, like at Moda, for instance. Right. You do video work for Moda. Right. And I think when you're at Moda, first of all, that is a networking event um, right there. When you're at Moda, that's when you want to pitch your creative work and your creative uh, side. I think at this, just based on what I read, this is all like tech and entrepreneurs and blah, blah, blah. I think this is going to be more commercially focused and therefore you want to kind of rearrange your um, elevator pitch to be more commercially focused as well. All right, commercially focused. All right, so... So you work in video production. I work in video production. Yeah. What other key points should I point out? Uh, for like 10 years? Yeah. Um, Past and current clients? I've got life coaches. I've got uh, Safe, that their Moda. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got... I used to work at Channel 4. Uh-huh. It's always a big one for people. Don't you do stuff for Cox? I work for Cox. That's, I should remember that one. I mean, that that in my head is the... The biggest one. Uh, Cox Media. I worked for... I mean, but the life coaches, you're going to meet a ton of those there as well. Right. So that'll be a good one to keep in your pocket. Right. And who else? Like Blake Foundation. And I work with the film office now. That's all sorts of... The film office? What do they do? They're like a commission office. They're in charge of helping productions find locations and talent. Oh, I see. Crew and locally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... All right, so those are good bullet points to remember, to refresh. And you also run your own business, right? I run my own business. I mean, you do a lot of photo work as well and right. do that kind of stuff. So you're also you're an entrepreneur yourself. Right, and you can see all of my work at this new website that I just this made. website. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be necessarily any more complex than that. Obviously, if you're having a conversation with this person, there's going to be like little ways that you're going to fine-tune and and move around and do that kind of stuff. But the main idea is that you are explaining how you're beneficial to someone else, like for someone else's body of work. So you're not going to be in a vacuum, you know, it's not going to be super awkward where you're just going to be like, Oh, my name's Chris and rattle off all this shit that you do. Right. You're going to be having a conversation and this person is going to be responding to you and you are going to be tasked to on the fly, much like this game on the fly, you're going to have to figure out, how you're going to be beneficial to this person. All right. Well, test me. Make up, make up entrepreneurs are going to be, and I'm going to network with you. And then you'll tell me how I did afterwards. Okay. So, um, so my name's Atish. I actually, I'm, uh, running a, 
a new supplement company. Hi, Atish. My name's Chris. Hey, hey, Chris. Good to meet you. Nice meeting you as well. What's, so, what's your supplement about? Uh, so my supplement is kind of blending an idea of uh, a pre-workout and a nootropic so that people who are based in more of like a focus-based and an intelligence-based thing, they uh, are able to get the workout or the results they want without being you know overly stimulated or any of this bodybuilding kind of stuff. That's awesome. I recently did a photo shoot for a supplement company. Did you really? Called Limitless Supps. Limitless Supplements. And apparently they're doing pretty well. But we did a bunch of pictures of their spokesmen, their reps. I don't know. What, what do you call them? Ambassadors. Ambassadors. That's, uh, that's the word I was looking for. And they use them all the time on social media now. It's all over their Instagram pages. That's, that's their main social media drive? Yeah. And like their advertisements and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So that's that right there is exactly what I'm talking about. You find a connection with something you've previously done or something that you have already worked on or um, maybe even something you learned one time or something like that or some experience you've been a part of uh, and see how you can relate that back to their body of work. Uh, Odds are people will... I think that'll be a huge thing, especially just with the way that digital marketing is done these days. Uh Like having just a list in your head of previous clients just like that, like Limitless Supplements or anything like that, that you've done work for and what they use your stuff for. And especially if you can show it, like you have a, on your Instagram, you have a, your uh, your product shots for Limitless and stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, I have a couple. Like, There's like four people I can pull up right away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just yeah, because, I mean, I, honestly, I don't think it's... Um, this may seem like a, a really kind of like corny idea, but maybe having like just a well, your website is your digital portfolio, right? Yeah. So I mean, having that prepped already brought up on your phone, having web uh, cards that will link people to your website. I mean, I think that's that'll be great. All right, let's do another one. Okay. Hi, my name is Chris. Hi, my name is Atish. How you doing? I'm really well, really well. What are you doing here at uh, 10 West? Uh, just checking things out. I'm a local v- video producer. Oh, very cool. And You're here just, from Tucson? I'm here from Tucson. Excellent. I'm from Beloit. Beloit? Where's Beloit? <laughs> Wisconsin. <laughs> oh, Wisconsin. Yeah. I make uh, I make an artisan cheese. Ooh. I am yeah. lactose intolerant. You have... I'm going to walk away right now. <laughs> And you're just going to end end it right, right there. there. Right there. Right there. No cheese. No cheese involved. I don't know. I probably shouldn't do that. No, definitely not. But artisan cheese, that involves what? Uh, so you do you craft your own cheese? Does it take like months to age it and all that fun abs- stuff? Absolutely. And we uh, we do this thing where we get the cows really involved in the process and we're very humanitarian and don't harm any of the animals or whatever bullshit. That's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So we're kind of looking for a bigger uh, social media push right now. That's that's what we're doing here. Oh, do, do your cows have uh, like Instagram pages and stuff? Oh, I don't think they do. Oh. That might be a fun idea if your cows are very involved in your cheese selections. Yeah, absolutely. Or, or like maybe a campaign where the the cows are being demonstrated. Very like similar to uh, Chick Fil A, but <laughs> less less religiony. Oh yeah, no, not closed on Sundays. Right. Yeah, we're open all week. Yeah, cheese is for every day of the week. Yeah, I mean, I I think the the important thing is like you are immediately on the ball thinking about you know what you can do for someone. Maybe not. It doesn't necessarily have to come out like you're campaigning super hard. Okay. You know what I mean? But 
but just that the idea is there because I mean, no one is enough of an idiot to think that we are just going to this event in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like, oh yeah, we just all happen to be, it's not, we're all going to see the same movie. You know what I mean? These people are all here to make connections and like, uh, find somebody to do something for them. That right. is essentially what is happening. Okay. So, uh, it doesn't have to be like directly on the nose, but it, it, it being frank and to the point is is pretty valuable i think okay yeah so just go in with an open mind and um don't feel like you're being weird yeah that's gonna be tough yeah i mean that's that's always really tough for me too but i had to go to enough of these you know school networking things are like oh the alumni of the previous year is coming or like we're doing a mixer i remember the uh, College of Neuroscience would do like this monthly thing where we would all like drink wine and talk to, you know, our neuroscience professors. And it was just like such an awkward experience because it's like, I, 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 sh- I should have kind of taken more of an advantage on that, but it just was such a weird thing because you're taking a bunch of, um, well, don't you see them every day? Yeah, not only because the neuroscience department was super small. It was a new school. So we basically saw the same professors every day. So now there are people that we see every day who are grading our work and all that kind of stuff. And they're not exactly the most social people ever either. And now you're just adding wine to this. Yeah. So it's like situation. for the first half hour, everything is super weird. And then everyone eventually loosens up and it gets like normalized. But, uh-huh. but yeah, I mean, I, I think this is going to be a more targeted event and it's going to be a little bit smoother. All right. Are you planning on going all week, or are you just planning on going a couple of days? Um, I kind of want to go all week, but I kind of want to at least go on like the film days for sure. And yeah, probably a few other. There's a few other things. There's like a 360 video company speaking. Oh, really? There's like a talk about angel investors and all sorts of fun stuff that I think would be relevant to what I want to do in the future with the company. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely learning how to properly fundraise money and that kind of stuff is going to be critical so we can probably talk to the right people there and figure out, like, you know. It's it's also probably just a good place to take notes, honestly. Right. Um, yeah, we should, we should let, I mean, just in case anyone actually listens to this podcast and happens to be going to 10 West... I guess we'll be pinning down what day specifically we're going in case anyone wants to meet up and talk about video work or shoot the shit or podcasting or whatever. Yeah, we can do that on our new Twitter. We have a Twitter? We have a Twitter now. What's our Twitter handle? CSS Podcast. CSS Podcast. Fantastic. Do we have any tweets right now? We have zero tweets. Zero tweets. Do you want to tweet? Do you want to do the first tweet right now live on the air? Yeah, let's do it. What do you want to tweet? Um... Should say recording the new podcast episode this week. We're talking about networking, and then hashtag a bunch of shit. A, a bunch of like what? What hashtags? Well, I feel like you have to. I mean, not a bunch of stuff, but I feel like do people. I mean, I'm I'm pretty unfamiliar with Twitter because I grew up right on the age group where people went directly from Facebook into um, into Instagram. So I know how to hashtag like for marketing and targetedly on Instagram, but I'm actually not that solid on Twitter. I'm going to I'm going to go home and read some guides on Twitter. But I think just like 
stuff that targets it, stuff that's actually like a lot of people make the mistake of hashtagging a whole bunch of shit that's like not even relevant. And all that I think that does is further buries your post. I think it needs to be like targeted, succinct, and concise. Um, to, hashtag Tucson, hashtag podcasting, hashtag 10 West, because that way anyone who is going to that 10 West thing can start to track our thread and then right. be able to know that we are going there. And then we can start searching the 10 West hashtag and start to see all the other people who are planning on going there. We can start messaging people now so that when we meet them live in person, we already know people. I like it. I think there's also something to be said about uh, social proof. Do you know what I'm talking about? Okay. Um, so this is like another dating strategy that I'm going to apply back to. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Back to, back to you know, networking. But simply put, a woman is going to be way less threatened or put off by you or think you're weird or anything like that if you happen to be there with women friends. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that old, uh, like, guys always wonder, like, oh, man, why is it that, you know, when I'm single, it's, like, hard for me to meet women or hard, hard for me to hook up with women or whatever. But then as soon as I have a girlfriend, all these girls come out of the woodwork. Well, it's very simple. The reason why that happens is because when you already have a girlfriend, other women look at you and they're like, oh, he obviously has demonstrated enough value to get a girlfriend or to get a wife or like he does something right. He's obviously good enough to get this person, especially if it's an attractive uh, partner, then they're like, Oh man, this guy was able to land this attractive of a person. He must have a lot of value. So that's social proof. There's also a lot of social proof that if you happen to be able to speak very freely or you're able to connect with a lot of different people in the room, then a lot more people will be drawn to you because they will assume that you have value. So if we jump on it now, we get to know a couple of the people that are hashtagging 10 West. I'm like, oh, who's going? Who or whatever. And we actually start building a correspondence with these people. We now have social proof in that room. Right. I think that's important. All right. So I'll add that to the tweet. Hashtag social proof. (laughs) <laughs> hashtag social proof um no, no no but like i think using things like like twitter for instance especially for these applications getting to know the people that are going to this event will be largely beneficial because we can kind of see what they're offering how we can assist them we can kind of be able to cross promote maybe these people are also looking for you know some kind of corporate work or something there so we kind of join forces try and like figure out something together i i think it's a largely beneficial thing and and that is digital networking right there right there that's out it's another level that's whole, the second prong of our whole another marketing level. talk the other day yeah exactly cool man well i feel i feel better now about going to this event yeah it, it'll be a lot of fun we'll probably meet a whole lot of people um hopefully like i think the two keys the the obvious best case scenario is we get some work we get we get a contract out of it we get money right right however that happens but something that shouldn't be overlooked that i think is just slightly less but almost equally important is if we really like learn something about how people really can conduct successful business and uh yeah yeah from there. you can just i just want to learn how to talk to people better yeah, let's let's and work on that. At a specific event where networking is probably assumed. Yeah, assumed so. and maybe even the goal. Cool. 
Well, this was a good talk today, man. Yeah, good chat. All right. Talk to you next week. Yep.